Hello and welcome to the first episode of the Auto Trader Podcast. My name is Wendy Lasishi and I'm joined here by superstar journalist Sean Nurse. And of course, we got Rob Deering. Um, in today's show, we got four super exciting uh, segments for you guys. The first one's called It Couldn't Be Me. Then we're just going to run into uh, three more segments, namely Hot or Not, This Week in Cars, and Hot Take, Bad Take. Boys, how was you guys break? I mean, 2024? Um, I didn't really take too much of a break. I've got my big break coming up in Feb, but I yeah. played a bit of golf, took some time away from the car scene, drove cars in any case, but yeah, I tried to just unwind. It was good. Did your eyes start twitching like with jaw symptoms from, from new cars? <laughs> uh, well, I actually had more cars to drive in the festive season than I ever have. So I think I was a bit overstimulated trying to put some mileage on on some vehicles, but it was it was interesting. It, it was informative, should I say? The only car I drove this past break was really just a Bucky. So I've been trying out, yeah, super unusual for me. But I was trying out like a you know a different kind of trying to trying to see if this is something for me. Uh, and I can totally tell you right now that coupe is always going to be my first love. <laughs> I don't know how you guys do that. Yeah. I don't know how you guys do Buckies. Anyways, moving on. Oh, thanks. I had a great holiday. <laughs> <laughs> You've been telling me about your holiday all morning. Yeah, I like the way you introduced me. Like, of course, Rob Deering. Like, people just know who I am. But yeah. We know who you are. I get, the does. Super, I get superstar and it's Rob Deering. Rob Deering. I mean, but this is roast. So, you know. Yeah. Well, speaking about my roast, which we catched on our Instagram channel, um, I realized that when I went to Zim, I drive the National Car of Zimbabwe. Of course, they call it a fit there, but every other car... Inside Zimbabwe is a, is a Honda Jazz. Honda Jazz, Honda Pit. Yeah. yeah. Testament to what a good car it is. I don't know about that. Sean had some thoughts about your car. And, you know, if you haven't seen that video, I highly, highly recommend it because it was my favorite video of this past break. Of the year. <laughs> For sure. 100% it's up there. Moving on, boys. So in today's first segment, It Couldn't Be Me, I want to show you guys a few images that had conveyed a feeling with inside of me. And I want you guys to just give me your first reaction if you agree with these things within the car culture or if you absolutely hate them. Um, so I'm just going to ask you to put up the first image. So this is the first image that uh, I want to show you guys. Yes. So I don't know if you guys have seen this. It's happened, see it's it. happened quite a lot in Durban um, and in the West Same. Rand. I mean, I'm from Durban. I'm from <laughs> Durban in the West Rand. But how do you guys feel about people putting on wheels that belong to different car brands? Look, I've been in this scene. I'm a bit too old for the the sort of tuner scene now, I would say. But um, about 10 years ago when I had modified cars, I had a Subaru with some weird OZ wheels on it. And yeah. the guys were putting Bentley Continental GT wheels on Golf 6 GTRs and Golf Rs at the time. And I remember the first time I saw a Golf 7 GTI. Yeah. Ferrari, rooms. Ferrari wheels like yeah. this. It seems to be a trend. And I see now a lot of the, the sort of knockoff wheel manufacturers now make Ferrari, yeah. Bentley, Porsche style wheels in, in sort of 100 PCD for these guys to put on their cars. I don't. Is this a new thing? Like, Rob, like. I no, mean, it's not. Um, it's just a quick personal story. I remember I had my first car was a Golf, Golf 3 GSX. And I was in some type of bumper bashing or something and we took it to the panel beater and the guy fitted GTI mud flaps to my car and I was like, no, <laughs> I'm doing what you're I'm basically exactly, showing. Yeah, exactly like, that, yeah. No, I'm not pretending to be a GTI <laughs> driver, I promise. I, didn't know, I can't uh, afford one. 
I've, I've noticed that it is, like, it is like definitely like a, I've seen mostly a VW drivers do this trend. Um, but personally, I, I, it couldn't be me. Um, ultimately, is, is how I feel about that one. Look, I understand it from a Volkswagen Audi group perspective if they kept it within the family. If you put Audi wheels on a VW... That, you, you can't justify it. it. It's, a, it's, <laughs> a, it's, a bit, it's a bit of reaching then, like yeah, you want to move yeah. up. But putting Ferrari wheels on a Polo, yeah. it just doesn't make any sense whatsoever. 100%. That makes sense to me. I'm going to the next image. Let's go to the next image and then you, you guys tell me how you guys feel about the second trend that keeps creeping up. So... This is uh, this is uh, manuals on a train, Wendy. So it couldn't be me in in the sense that manual versus automatic. Are you Ooh. guys still? How do you guys feel about that? I'm passionate about this one. Manuals all the way. Yeah, look, I think it's very situation dependent because I mean, when I drive here in the mornings, it's sort of a 60k commute to get here. So when I have a manual test car and I'm sitting in traffic, um, the purist in me slowly dies, and I'm, I'm <laughs> yeah. praying for uh, an EV or something in traffic. So it's very situation dependent, but um, the greatest driving experience of my life was Franchuk Pass early in the morning in a, in man a, manual. In a manual 992 GT3 RS. That sounds uh, amazing. GT3, sorry. I want to hear more about that story. But that, that's the typical argument that comes up is, oh, manuals don't work in traffic, but it's, it's not that bad. It I mean, really I, isn't that bad? It's not better than an automatic, is what I'm trying to say. Um, and look, I'm, I'm going to get lambasted, and a lot of people are going to hate me for saying this, but it just makes sense in today's world to have an automatic, I found. And I get the purists and everyone, and it's definitely more fun to, to drive a manual, but if I'm buying a car, what are you going to buy? Are you going to buy a manual? Definitely. For me, you know, like we get irritated with our phones when you're busy having a conversation and next thing Siri answers and you're like, I didn't call you. I didn't mean yeah. for you to pop up. It's the same thing with the automatic. You're busy doing what you're doing and suddenly it changes. Like, I didn't want you to do that. <laughs> All right. But with the manual, that can never happen. It can never happen. Yeah. yeah. Well, it depends on the car. Like, I, I, don't, I don't derive any pleasure like snap changing yeah. A, a grand R10 from Honda. <laughs> <laughs> but give me a Honda Civic Type R. So it's car dependent, basically, is what you say. Very much yeah. so, yeah. And he's got a really good point. He's got a good point, but you've got to realize Sean is, is uh, I call him an alien. He's not a normal human being. He drives different cars all the time. For me, if you drive, you own your car, like I own my, I've already said, the Honda Jazz, I make the most of you that experience. You're just going at 40, you're just there switching gears. You just Yeah, I'm just making sure that every time I drive, because I'm passionate about cars and yeah. automotive, every yeah. time I drive, I try to drive the best I possibly can drive. It doesn't mean irresponsibility. It doesn't mean fast. But try to have some fun. But it just means I'm hitting experience. the corner or I'm hitting the braking spot or I'm accelerating out in the best possible way. Okay, now, fair enough. Look, I, I agree. I agree. I agree with what you're saying. But in the long term for me, I found that, you know, just getting automatic. We should put a pole up. We should put up a poll and see exactly what people feel. I got one more image for you guys. The third item is what do you guys see when you look at this image? Like, what do you, what do you see that's wrong with this image? Mm. I feel like this is a trap. Yeah. <laughs> it could definitely can be a trap. Okay, I'm gonna tell you, I'm gonna, I'm gonna point you to the right direction, but look where this person's closing the door, where their hand is. Oh, fingerprints. Fingerprints on doors. So I drive a coupe. And one of the things I hate the most is people closing my door with the, like the windscreen. 
It was especially, um, what do you call it, a frameless? Like a frameless, yeah, yeah car door. especially 1D's car. You've got those windows, the frameless ones that... They go up and down, yeah, when you open. as soon as you close the I've door. I've always wondered how long those motors last, if they're constantly working like that. So far, so good, eh? So <laughs> I've seen one that sort of went up once and then was like, I'm not coming back down. <laughs> the uh, the, worst, so you can't even open the worst situation yeah. I've had was when my car battery was dying. Um, that's one of the features that stops working first is... It's you scary, right? Yeah, like the dashboard's it's like a Christmas tree. Like I've destroyed the engine, the whole car is not working. It's I mean, I've never, I've, never, I've never gone that far down the line of having a dead battery, but you know. Yeah, it's scary. When your car doesn't have voltage, the sensors in that are not supplied with the correct current and the yeah. car just freaks out. So you think everything is broken, but replace the battery and it's generally okay. 100%. Well, that's the, that's the last image I had for you guys. But the third one, please, guys. The, if you if you know somebody with a, a, you know with frameless windows, please don't close the door. There, it's, it's just a it's a sin. It's, I would go as far as calling it a sin. Moving on, guys. Hot or not? So this is the second segment. Um, and in the segment, Sean, you wrote a really interesting article about cars that are coming out in 2024. I was hoping you could maybe just walk us through some of the cool cars that you think you know, are coming out and maybe we can just discuss how you feel about them if you're excited about it. Yeah, I've been checking out this article. Every year I love these type of articles. Um, and Sean, I've got to say, this is a really long one. It looks like it's going to be an exciting, exciting year. Yeah, I mean, I know in this uh, top uh, five or six that we, we're mentioning here, we don't uh, include Mercedes-Benz or Mercedes-AMG or Mercedes-Benz commercial, but uh, they have got a lot of cars coming this year. Every single year, though, they come out with like eight different I new models. I understand how they keep pumping our cars. It's I think there's 13 from Mercedes-Benz excluding commercial alone this year. These so are brand new models, not facelifts. Mm. These will be a combination of facelifts and new derivatives of existing ranges and new models, but 13 big launches for Mercedes, which is crazy. Um, One of the ones that she spotlighted was the Land Cruiser Prado, and I think maybe we can just bring up an image of it, but I mean... Stunning. Look at that. What are the thoughts on this and like why should people get excited about this vehicle coming I'm, out? I'm scared about what the price is going to be. I yeah. Th I think if you are seeing this for the first time, you're too late. Probably for the next couple of years because every Toyota fan is probably going to want, this is the one to have. It's on the, on the waiting list, I'm sure this or there's uh, the, the 70 series. Yeah, uh, received its first updates in how long, and it's getting that 2.8 uh, GD6 diesel from the Hilux and Fortuna. So the 70 series, those are the buckies, right? Those are do, like the do the old ones had a, a 4.2 yeah. non-turbo diesel, which yeah. was pop. Yeah. Well, this is going to be a big, I think, a big upgrade for guys, and I think it's it's going to make the car even more popular than it already is. I think. Part is playing with what? Like, what's what are the competitors that we? Well, well, we'll have to see pricing, obviously, but as like a traditional Prado now, um, sort of 1.4, 1.5 million that's, rand off. That's actually a good question is what um, is the competitor that, I mean, we're talking... Like Range Rover here or like G-Wagon or like Defenders, basically. I would say yeah. a Defender. It would have to be a, a lower spec Defender, um, but I think it's going to come in cheaper than a, than a Defender. It's really going to, I think, be such a massively popular vehicle and it will probably occupy its own little niche there in the proper off-road ready segment. 100%. I mean, uh, next on the list, I think you've, you've spotlighted. Let's go with the MW. I mean, the M3 Touring is one of the cars that um, everyone has been kind of crying about for the, like a decade now, mm. um, specifically in South Africa. This year versus an RS6, for instance, 
I mean, it's it's the two. I don't know. I mean, I haven't obviously I haven't seen this in the flesh. It's going to be interesting to see it in the flesh. But for me, the only brand that's got that yeah. station wagon look correct is Audi. Yeah, RS6, they've nailed it. And now there's a, a new variant of it, which uh, we haven't driven yet, but is apparently quite savage. Um, and then, obviously, M3 Touring, very limited numbers. One of the most gorgeous wagons, I think, ever made, yeah. Uh, you've got X-Drive, you've got space for the dogs. It's just, it's the ideal uh, performance car for a family person. But uh, I don't think South Africans like their wagons anyway, so. Yeah, that's true. I mean, the RS6 didn't do too great, um, I think, in our markets, but... Let's see what happens. Yeah, I mean, it's a BMW. South Africans love BMWs. Let's see what happens. Um, moving on, BYW. BYW. What does it, what BYW. it sound for? BYD. BYD, yeah. Build your build, dreams. Build your dreams, <laughs> yes. Is that what it stands for? Yeah. yeah. I don't actually know that. It is the world's biggest electric car producer. Yeah, Bigger than Tesla. surpassed Tesla. Yeah. And Tesla had a good year. Better than expected. Not quite as good as Elon's hopes, but... Well, their Model Y... Um, from what I understand, was the best-selling car in the world in the first quarter of 2023. So That's incredible, yeah. So BYD coming to South Africa, what does that even mean? What are they bringing in? And should, you know, the, the, you know, the Havals and everybody else sort of be worried that the biggest is coming into the markets? I think uh, if you're selling EVs and SA, you should be a bit concerned about uh, BYD coming in. They've mm. got the Atto 3, which was launched last year. We haven't got to drive it. I haven't seen any. Um, there's been, it's been what quite, is a Atto 3 is a hatchback crossover uh, it's like a crossover yeah yeah. And, so. and then they're launching the, the Dolphin this year that's the big news which is going to be their affordable EV which is going to take on the likes of the Aura Cat and the, mm. the EX30 from Volvo in terms of pricing so and I'm assuming we can expect the same aggressive it's Chinese, right? Yeah. Chinese yes. price points China. we've yeah. seen yeah so they're going to they come in with a very competitive product in terms of pricing yeah, yeah. I, I think it's good news. For what? For it the puts EV pressure on everyone else. Yeah, I mean, yeah. more competition means things get cheaper for consumers, right? And that, that's ultimately a good thing. Um, yeah, let's see what happens. I'm going to keep looking out for them. I'm not sold yet, to be honest, but you know, it's we'll, we'll see what happens. So GWN is also launching a new vehicle. Can you walk us through what we're looking at here? So this will be part of uh, yeah. GWM rebranding itself as, or its commercial light commercial division as P series. So P okay. series will be a separate division, Tank will be a separate division, and Aura will be a separate division. And then there'll be the obviously Haval, and then there'll be the umbrella company. What was GWM. the original name for P series again? It was rude. The Pur. Yeah. Yeah. So, so this is called the the, Shang, the Shanghai Cannon, um, and this is going to be a bigger version of the P series that we know, as you can see. What is this? Growth. What is this? Are we looking at what like you're looking like at, a Ram, like a Dodge Ram sort yeah. of sizes, or you're kind of looking at like New Ranger, like okay. may, maybe a little bit bigger than a New Ranger, but the New Ranger is a big, big bucky. I think people yeah. underestimate how much bigger that is than a Hilux now. It's got that American look. It does. It. I, I see where one is going. It seems like. Our buckies are just getting bigger and bigger. And we're going yeah. to, I mean, my wife and I are busy watching that show. What's it called? Yellowstone. Yeah. yeah. And there the owner drives, I think it's a Ram, and it's got four wheels, you know, two pairs at the back. Yeah. And we're like, is that What's where the we're going? Is? Yeah, exactly. Six plus six. 2026 <laughs> in South Africa, we could be driving six-wheel buckies. Crazy. 
insane. <laughs> Anything else that uh, you spotlight, Sean, before we move uh, on, that uh, people should just look out for? There's going to be a facelifted version of the Porsche 911 992.2, which might go to naturally aspirated Of engines. course, Sean had to uh, include a Porsche. <laughs> yeah. Lamborghini is launching the scrambled egg, also known as the Revolta, yeah. Um, yeah. which is a big deal. Aston Martin DB12. So good year for supercars. Uh, McLaren 750S is already here, but they're going to be doing a proper launch for that this year. So big year for supercars, and maybe we'll even get to drive a few. The only one I want to spotlight is definitely the Volvo X, the EX30, um, which will be coming out, I think, in like the end of the year. Um, I'm really excited about this. I think it's going to make some waves. Funny enough, in the I'm currently working on the reports, and there's some interesting stuff that have come out with regards to Volvo. I don't want to spoil anything right now, but just watch the space. I think Volvo might be a big player in that game. All right, boys, moving on to the next segment. Uh, this one is pretty easy. This week in cars... I read another article, um, and I want to get you guys' take on this. Is a hybrid car a good option for students? Such a great topic because obviously, you know, it's a new year and students are you know, getting new cars. Do you think a hybrid car is a good option for students? What are the advantages? What are the disadvantages? Let me just get your take. Well, I, I wrote the article, so I, I, won't, <laughs> get, I won't get too involved. But yeah. I think the, my basic summation is if you've got the means to own a hybrid as a student, it's very advantageous because they are lighter on fuel, but the big disadvantage is the initial capital outlay. Mm. And I think what I discovered driving a hybrid extensively throughout the December period is yeah. the, the more mileage you do to try and recuperate that initial cost, uh, the closer the hybrid does get to the, the ICE car. But okay. the shorter the period, uh, the harder it is for the hybrid to, to catch up to the ice car. But more driving means more depreciation. Yeah, so it's it's really tough without government incentive for a hybrid to make any financial sense in South Africa at the moment, which is sad because I think that really is the future for mobility so, here. How much but the, but aren't, aren't, cheaper, aren't they cheaper hybrids like that, you, that kind of offset some of those costs? So Toyota with a Corolla Cross hybrid, they probably have the best uh, option in that regard because a standard Corolla Cross versus a Corolla Cross hybrid, yeah. the pricing gap isn't as big as in the case that I use with the GWM or the Haval Jolion, should I say, um, where it, it, even after five years, the internal combustion engine car was still overall cheaper to, to own. So... Um, yeah, Corolla Cross Hybrid is one of the outliers in that regard, but until government get in and say, here's an incentive to buy a hybrid, I don't think consumers will adopt them in mass yeah. because they're just not as cheap. The, the other thing with the student car, traditionally it's normally quite a small car. You know, yeah. You know, so what are the small hybrids out there? The only thing that comes to mind is a fit hybrid, and that's certainly not... That's 550000 yeah, I mean, that's a ridiculous price. So... Yeah. I think the answer to your question is if the parents are paying for it, yes. If you're paying <laughs> Any college for it, or your parents are paying for it. <laughs> if, if you're paying for it, I think, yeah. um, I don't know, your I-10, what else is, is, Let's, okay. is good. Let me, do an ex let me do an exercise where we exclude cost as the, the, the only thing that's going to determine if you make this decision. What are the advantages and disadvantages of the two, of a hybrid versus an ICE? And I think... That's more of where I wanted to get a little bit of insight in. Well, a hybrid is, uh, firstly, it's, it's silent in low-speed operation, which I think everybody can appreciate. I know when I leave... <laughs> Not everyone. 
Well, yeah, Wendy wants the neighborhood to know. <laughs> well, when you leave your estates in the morning, it's nice to, to crawl at a silent pace. And then when you've got the combination of internal combustion and electric power, you've got, especially with the series parallels that we um, mm. using here, where we aren't actually charging the battery, where the engine's charging the battery, you've got really good efficiency. So mm. you've got great fuel consumption. You've got like silent operation. Good? So that Jolien... So I was doing 5.8 liters per hundred kilometers, and that's a 1.5 naturally aspirated petrol combined with an electric motor. Um, and then the Jolion 1.5 turbo petrol, I was averaging 9.1. So it's a it's a big difference in fuel so consumption. 40 percent. Is that too yeah, much? It's far too much because even after five years of ownership with interest uh, included, the, the yeah. ICE car was about 70,000 rand cheaper overall. So. Uh, so is a hybrid a good option for students? Final yeah. verdicts? Uh, at this stage, no. But yes, if your parents have got money. But if your parents have got money, <laughs> yeah. ask them for an M2. It'll be great. I didn't say Rob thoughts. No, no, no. I'm a fan of hybrids. Uh, but for a student, I think. Yeah, not necessary. Cheap and safe. Rather. Cheap 100%. and safe. Cheap, safe, and slow. Yeah. Cheap, cheap, safe, and slow. I agree with that. Okay. Well, I guess we're all in agreement on this. Last segment I have for you guys, Hot Take, Bad Tech. This is where we basically take some comments that some of you have posed. And I see if you guys think about, you know, if you agree with the statement. So there's an article, well, there's a, there's a video that we recently uh, put on the Auto Trader YouTube page. Um, and it's of the seven series. I think Chad was actually driving at the time. And somebody wrote down, so now luxury is tech unacceptable. All this tech is to wow journalists, but make life difficult for owners. So, for somebody who's, you know, probably driven the vehicle, do you agree with that statement? That the um, tech is getting out of control in these luxury vehicles, and it's just it's just made to wow journalists. Look, I think you have to look at it from the. At the end of the day, the brands are making the cars that people want. Um, so, if BMW didn't make the car with a 30-inch screen at the back, Mercedes would. Yeah. They're catering for the, the richest of the rich here. I mean, who do you know that can afford a car that has a 30-inch TV built into its roof at the back? I mean, it's the series, right? So it's, that's, that's yeah. the audience. Yeah, so it's, it's people who like to be driven and yeah. occasionally drive their own car. It's a, it's a very niche section of the population. But then you get a, a lot of the, the brands coming uh, out of China now, like the, the Cherries and the GWMs. Yep. They've got, um, there's a lot of semi-autonomous driving tech, a lot of infotainment tech coming through into the cheaper mm. vehicles now. So in a way, I think journalists are often irritated by tech. Um, <laughs> I find it irritating sometimes, yeah. um, especially if a system isn't well integrated or calibrated. Um, but I think the more you drive a car as an owner, the more use of the tech you get. Yeah, so yes, like yeah. if I get into a car and I've just, let's say I hopped out of that Jolion I had and I hopped into a T-Cross, mm -hmm. there's an adaption process that I have to go through, whereas the person who owns that car knows that tech in yeah. the car. So I, I, you get used to it. I don't you think, think it's a bad tech? You, you think it's a hard tech? This one's going in the, the bad tech. That's a bad tech for me. I think tech is, is progress in cars. So I, if, yeah. if uh, it wasn't in the car, someone would just buy the car that's got the tech. So. Any thoughts, Rob? Is it a bad tech? Is it a hard tech? I think tech, it's human nature. We use about 20% on yeah. a regular basis of what's available. So to Sean's point, just if that 20% gets better and makes your daily life better, great. But... I do think OEMs are trying to brag mm -hmm. and say, 
look at all this cool thing and shove like a hundred tech items in one car just so it looks cool on paper, but on a daily basis, it doesn't really make a difference. Bad take then, Bad. Or, or good take. No, I, I don't, I'm a fan of tech, but I just think it's it's becoming a on paper thing versus yeah. a real life thing. I think I'm actually on. I always complain that there's unnecessary tech in cars, which yeah. is boosting up prices and making the entry price for many cars too much now. Um, but to your point, if the tech makes sense, um, and if seven, if if I'm buying a seven series, put everything in it. You know what I mean? Absolutely, yeah. Um, but if it's just a kind of entry level car. So I think it's a medium take. I'm okay with it being a medium. Put everything in it, but it's still got to be a good car. I mean, I drove the the XJ Jag a while ago, which is a super expensive car. Yeah. Packed with tech. But And I was parked on the incline and changed it from park to drive, and the whole thing jerks. And you're thinking, like, you know, the queen could be sitting in the back seat. You sh- <laughs> it shouldn't jerk when you change it from yeah. park to gear. Like, make sure the fundamentals yeah. are right first. 100%. Well, gentlemen, that's pretty much all the time we have for today. But yeah, I'll see you ready. guys next week. Are you guys great. ready for the for the, the 2024 F1 season? Yes. Can't wait. Go Alonso. <laughs> Let's see what happens. See what happens. But Lewis. until then, see you next time.